0: Welcome to Food Guns Podcast. I'm Boomer, the Global Micro Discretionary Trader, joined with Hal sixty nine K, uh, the crypto freak from this um location secret location in the Caribbean. Now, Hal, did you get uh Fred or Hurricane Fred or Tropical Storm Fred or whatever I'm getting right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, that one that's that's old business for us. So we got another one. That was so that one was I think like a week and a half ago. And we actually just got another one uh, a couple days ago. That was a little bit bigger for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the start of the season, right? And so, um, apparently the eyes supposed to pass right or above my little layer in, in North Carolina, I'm hanging out, hiding out from the Delta variant. Um, so first of all, uh, congratulations to you. Uh, one of our newsletters did a 360 on how we're doing in terms of the coins that we're focused on. And averaged out to be what, like plus eighty-seven percent since we started the newsletter or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's just on the the four cryptos that I'm paying attention to. And I mean in general the space is going up, but the yeah, the four that I'm paying attention to are are beating almost all of the other like large cap cryptos, with the exception of maybe uh, you know, the, the Dogecoin seems to be waking up again. But I think I think uh I think Luna, for instance, is still just like crushing uh dogecoin and gains um
0: yeah,
1: yeah and look we're not always going to get it right
0: you know and it's definitely not going to be uh month on month 86 percent every time in fact i guarantee you we'll have some losing ideas along the way but that, that was very impressive and i gotta compliment you because it sure as shit wasn't me picking those coins
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk you and know, I were talking earlier uh about um entry and exit points in trading and specifically around a trade that you have in luna and um i was sort of arguing you you know stay in it stay in it even though you're up 100% um and there's sort of two philosophies around entries and exits and one of them is best expressed through Warren Buffett's quote that you make all your money on the buy i.e. where you buy it is everything and then you've got the tr- the the Turtle traders, and for those who don't know, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty well told story. But there's a guy named Richard Dennis, um, who's a commodities guy. I think it was just in the 70s, 80s, maybe 90s. I don't even, I don't even know, but he put an ad in the paper advertising that you could be anyone, um, no specific qualifications, but that he had sort of a trading system and he wanted to get you to come join and you didn't have enough to pay a fee or anything, but he turned like $200,000 into $200 million and it was all just based on trend following. And their net conclusion was that entry prices don't really matter. It's all about sort of where you exit. So you have those sort of two competing philosophies. So walk me through what your thoughts were on the Luna trade. I can tell you what my experience is in commodities and we can maybe try to understand why crypto might be different.
1: Uh Yeah, actually, I just missed. So, like, while we were setting up for this podcast, my the target that I sold off for got hit, and then we, we bought back all the way up to where I sold off in, like, a minute and a half. So, everyone was doing, you know, everybody that's trading this was doing what I was doing today, which was Luna, you know, made a new all-time high, um certainly it's gonna go up but all the crypto markets are sort of cooling off today and um, Luna is well above um, what, what I you know the, my, my favorite thing to look at is is this bollinger band basis line um and so you know I mean if a price is above Bollinger band 15% sell it if it's below it 15 percent buy it I mean it's that easy um, it, it, you know so I, I just like I'm, I'm looking at, at Luna and all of the lower time frames, lost like lost support. The only support was on the daily, and that was like eight or nine percent below where the current price was. So, like worst case scenario, I I lose fees, basically protecting some risk. I'm up, I'm up like 120 percent in this trade right now in the last like uh, two weeks. You need to have a view in the first place before you start applying technical indicators.
0: So you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't take the same technical system and interpose it on one of our crappy coin index coins, right? I mean, you have a yeah. fundamental vision as to every yeah, trade yeah. must begin with like a, like a fundamental view to use the technicals. Wouldn't you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I, I you know, part, part of it, it's like risk management, right? It's like, am I trading? am I trading something that like the entire market could just move away from for no reason tomorrow, right? It's like the answer with Luna is no, because there's a bunch of infrastructure behind it and and people that are literally getting paid day to day to work on it. So you would see, you know, you'd get some sort of like idea that the whole thing's coming down where like with Dogecoin, there's just no one working on it, no one behind it. So it, you know, all it takes is like a whim, um, for, for the thing to just turn around and, and tank, you know, it could lose like 50% in an hour or something like that.
0: Can I, can I tell you why I'm excited with Luna? You can, tell, you can tell me whether I'm, you know, right or wrong. Um, I like Luna because it has, a, you know, my barrier to entry for any uh, crypto asset is it has to have a very strong use case. And it, it definitely has that. But it also has kind of one of the first, or at least to me, again tell me if this is a wrong thesis um that it, because it's the collateral that comprises a lot of the smart contracts it does have a a, a thing behind it has got stuff in it you know it's like it's not a picture of a dog am i am i right on that or is that wrong
1: yeah yeah um it's it's actually so uh kind of like the cool part about it is like the um the Ethereum blockchain just has Ethereum, the, the token Ether. It actually it has gas too, which is what, what, what you use to actually um like have a transaction go forward. You pay gas, but you pay it in in ether um from a user standpoint. Um but uh with Terra, the blockchain Terra, you have this thing called Luna, which like acts similar to Ethereum. Uh, the only difference is you have these stable coins like UST, which is a, a stable coin that is pegged to the US dollar, and it is pegged to the US dollar through excess liquidity inside of the Terra network. And, and so, so basically like, when the Luna price gets too high, there's an incentive to mint uh, a stable coin with it ust through the through the Terra system so that's pretty cool it's a it's a revolutionary idea of both blockchain and stable coin um where's the where's the so, foot yeah gun? uh is, I, I don't know
0: is there a foot gun where's the foot with, gun?
1: Uh, um yeah certainly the easiest one is just like new blockchain unestablished right like uh, Bitcoin's still the winner because it's been around the longest, and it was built with the with the with the smallest amount of code and has the strongest security. Uh, everything else, you know, needs to be battle tested, right? So, a um, hundred years from now, when Bitcoin is 112 years old and Luna is 100 years old, right? That, at that point, it's like, okay, well, that argument doesn't really work anymore. Um, but certainly, for a long period of time. The Luna is the more complex system with a lot more people working on it. Uh, so it has the, you know, the higher probability of just uh, something going wrong just through um complexity, right? So you mentioned Tether and I heard, uh you know, there's a lot of hype, I guess, in
0: quote unquote, among hedge funds. And I'm on the phone with a lot of hedge fund people. I don't hear them ever talk about this, but. Uh, for example, uh, one of the guys in the All In podcast um, said he was getting major sort of vibes around tether as being a sort of you know scam. And one of the trades that people are talking about is short, not a scam. I, that's a bad, that's an imprecise word using crypto um, as it being not what it represents itself to be, or not. I don't know, whatever. But, but the, but that are. Uh, uh, that it's a riskless trade to be short tether because if, if it, if it does turn out the tether is not really backed by the assets it says it was, um, then it'll go to zero. And if it's is, and it'll just stay at one. Um, what do you, is that, is that a risk? It also inherent to Luna if that guy's right.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed, you know, um, one of the very few benefits right now for using like the DeFi swap systems, um, is that there tends to be like a premium for stable coins whenever Bitcoin and Ethereum are going up. So, you know, I haven't quite figured out exactly how to take advantage of it, but, uh, yeah, there's moments where like USD coin and Tether are worth like a dollar five or dollar six or a dollar seven or something. So, I mean, that's, that's actually pretty huge. Like you're, you're getting a, Six percent gain just by putting the trade on when you buy Bitcoin when your uh, when your tether's worth that much in these DeFi networks. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a that's not riskless. That there's a huge risk actually that uh, stablecoins uh, go off of their peg to the upside because. I you know if something like I don't know something could happen where basically everyone loses some faith in tether and just bails on it into either USDC or into Bitcoin, but then it could also happen the other way um, where there's a high demand for it and all of a sudden price starts going up above a dollar. Yeah, I've noticed that it will sometimes trade. And, and imagine if know. yeah, I mean you know everybody likes to talk about short squeezes, right? Imagine if like yes, um, yes, yeah.
0: That's that, that's what I was getting at, it's like I've heard so many people talk about this trade of short tether or whatever, but I've heard no one say, you know, what happens if tether goes to $3. And uh that to me, anytime no one is talking about something, it just always has a way of happening, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and it doesn't even take tether to go to $3, right? I mean, I guess that that would be like the Yeah the result of the squeeze, right? It would just be like, tether has to just go to whatever that level is that makes the first person uncomfortable. And then as soon as they start to close it, uh, close out the shorts, you know, that's when you get this, the, the squeeze. And so, yeah, you, sh- you could see like a spike to $3 or something like that overnight or something.
0: And just to clarify to listeners, this would not be what the, the short squeeze we're describing here. Would not be commiserate with the, uh, vulnerability that, that roaring kitty discovered in GameStop, which was people were, sh- uh, net short more shares than existed. So whenever you have that, that's, that's, that's a, a real short squeeze. It means people, people are, are via derivatives and calls and puts or whatever, uh, more short than the, the actual flow to the stock. Um, so I don't know if it would be possible to get that kind of explosive just, just so that there's no, I can see somebody listening this making the parallel in their mind between GME and this, but, uh, I don't think it's possible that, you know, what Tether has a market cap of like 67 billion or something. I mean, I don't, there's, you know, $70 billion short Tether. I, I I just don't think that's a, a thing. So, um, and I'm not sure, you know, here again, uh, I just want to make that clear that that's what happened in GameStop. That's what people kind of don't seem to understand um, about what a short squeeze is and what a short squeeze is not. So switching gears a little bit, tell me, talk to me about, okay, yours truly is a flip signal in Bitcoin. We have we've recognized this. We've admitted it. Uh, but yours truly can also not stop trading through interactive brokers and CME which Interactive Burgers keeps saying they're getting crypto by the end of summer. And we've got like, I don't know, 10 days to the end of summer or whatever. So I'm pretty much not going to get it. So I'm trading micro bitcoins because the Ethereum contracts are 50 contracts, 50 Ethereum. And um, it's not a 24-7 market because it closes during the weekends and an hour each day. And it also doesn't let you place stop loss limit orders and CME crypto. I have no idea why. Um so I'm using micro bitcoins and um I'm long bitcoin and I bet that it would in fact beat the fifty percent retracement, i.e. the halfway point between the all-time high and I guess the you know twenty-nine K or twenty eight K or whatever that you know relative low was. And so I I got pretty wrong at forty seven K, I believe. Um so You say you're advising an institutional, I'm an institutional investor and you're advising me on what to do with my Bitcoin trade long at 47k. What do I
1: do? Um, yeah, I'd probably hold on to it and then I don't know, maybe take a, the problem with, the problem with like stopping yourself out in crypto when you've, when you've gone like, you know, under whatever you started at is, Like, what is your reason for selling, right? I mean, and then a lot of the times you go and you find like a technical target and the, you know, crypto loves to just like go like touch a technical target for like half a second or whatever. So if you were to use some like hard stop at $42,000, you probably just get stopped out. And then Bitcoin will go back up 47,000, right? So I would like, it, you know, it sucks, but it's like, okay, well, you got to put your stop like way down at like 40k or something like that, where it's just like, but then at that point, it's just, it, 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 that's like what's, what's crazy about Bitcoin and why, why I, you know, like, like for instance, I, I have like this fundamental view that like Bitcoin is going to go up for, I don't know, let's say, let's say another year or something like that. Um, depending on how slowly it goes up. Um, so at this point, like putting a buy order at $40,000 sounds like a better idea to me than to stop yourself out. Um, so yeah, that, I that's
0: mean, that's a, that's a really good point is the way that, that I've, you know what? I don't, I'm not even sure I've ever thought about it that way. You should put your stop orders below where you would be a buyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Holy so shit. Like, Did Do a lot of people know back then? And I just missed it for thirteen years of a successful trading career.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, no. Good pointing that out. I've never even like thought about it that uh, that clearly.
0: Oh my god! Like that's a revelation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's a little. It, wait, it, I, I may need to stop for a second. Wait, <laughs> wait
0: a minute. Wait a minute. That's that's. I'm not. I mean, I'm not even gonna. I don't know what to do with that that kind of truth. Okay, let's 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 play on. I mean, it's a podcast. With a yeah. Well, I mean, personally,
1: record. what I like to do is look at the. Um, I, I, it's taken me a while to learn what their uses are, but I think I'm finally starting to understand like how to make money using these liquidity pools on on Ethereum because. Uh, one of the things that happens, right, if I put, if I put Luna and let's say USDC, which represents like dollars, right, if I put, if I put those in a pair together in a liquidity pool and Luna goes up, well what I'm, what I'm effectively doing is dollar cost averaging out of the trade, right, because I'm providing people the ability to come in and swap, um, their USD coin for Luna. So I'm, I'm giving their Luna for, for USD coin. Um, so where it works really, really well is when you buy in knowing that there's about to just be a lot of argument about the price, right? Like, so right now everybody, you know, everybody's being like, oh, we're in a bull market, like this is a bull market continuation. And then everybody else is like, no, this is, you know, just a, a fake out before the continuation of the bear market. So for me, like that's the perfect time to be a liquidity provider because everybody is just like. Taking the price up one day, taking it down the next day and, and so forth. And, and instead of you having to lose your mind trying to trade the thing, they're literally just paying you so that they can try and trade the thing, right? And a lot, and a lot of people are really bad at trading. And so chances are you're, you're just going to end up making all the fees. Uh, and then your the thing goes up and like whatever, you miss out on a little bit of the gains, but you probably get most of them back from the fees that were getting paid to you. So just from like yes. a risk reward, standpoint, yeah, market it just, neutral. It yeah. Just, yeah, it just seems really, really good from a risk reward standpoint. And I've taken I've personally started putting a lot of altcoins paired up with Ethereum, um, because everyone everyone's having this heated debate in their heads over whether or not such some altcoin is going to beat Ethereum. And at the end of the day, they want to sell that altcoin at a higher price, right? It, either back into US stablecoin or. Um, or Ethereum, right? So if I'm just it's like, all right, I'll, I'll just be the person that allows you to do that all day long. And then the reality of the situation is it's probably going to go up like 30 or 40% uh, in the next year. And at some point, it'll go up like 300%. But who's going to be there to actually like sell on that day when you could just become a liquidity provider? So yeah, that's why um, I know it's a really, really long article uh, I tried to make it as short as possible, but the the how to DeFi number three, on yeah, was guns, really good. which is how to provide liquidity on on uh, Uniswap for Luna.
0: Yeah, and no, that was really good. I mean, you, you clearly know it, exactly what you're uh, exactly what you're talking about now. While you're doing this, being a liquidity provider and being sort of market neutral surrounding the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, are you also maintaining a core position in, in Bitcoin or Ethereum?
1: Yeah, I actually have, so I have Bitcoin that's like off, that's in a hard wallet in a safe that's untouchable by me. So that, like about one Bitcoin. Um that's, and, that's one way to prevent overtrading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, you know, I have enough confidence in my like fundamental thesis that I'm like, all right, I can hold this and it can go to zero or whatever. And then I'll have like a um whatever a collectible <laughs> expensive <Yeah. laughs> collectible uh, but yeah the rest of it i mean i have a core position in ethereum a core position in sushi and bitcoin and then i mean i'd say everything else um is up for grabs um yeah I, I i you know i have i have a lot of like odd things that are uh, you know tracking ethereum or tracking bitcoin and most of my money right now like i said because um because I think either we're going to go into some sort of extended bear market or we're going to re-pick up on the bull market. Uh, I've been putting almost everything into uh, liquidity pools to allow other people to swap. Um, so, I, you know, I'm planning on holding on to those for like three or four months, to see how everything plays out.
0: Makes sense. I, I'm, I'm, I'm directionally bullish. I mean, I have 50 Ethereum at, uh, where it's twenty six or twenty seven ten or something like that, and I have a price target. Which does this sound crazy to you? I have a price target on Ethereum for like eight thousand. I don't see any reason why it's going to stop at four if it retraces four.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I, I, you know, uh, I think, I think it's really just like timeline wise. Uh, I'm still, I'm still convinced that crypto has some sort of cyclical, like, you know, some long-term cyclical uh, nature to it. Just because of, if you look at a, like a big graph of Bitcoin, you see this sort of cycle in 2013 extending into 2015. And then there's another one that started in 2016, extending into like the beginning of 2018. Um, so it seems like we had end of 2020, probably extending into 2022 summer. So I, yeah, I mean, I think Ethereum could, goes near eight thousand dollars it could blow past it in like a crazy way it's just like at that point I, i'm i'm selling most of the you know what i mean it's like I'll i'll have a core position at that point and be happy it's like it's really it's really easy in crypto if you bought ethereum at three thousand to want to add more at eight thousand because you're just like at that point you're just like wow i was so freaking right about this like it's going to take over the right. world or whatever. And it's like, well, right. yeah, it's still, it still needs time to to grow. Yeah, my big thing, um, and this
0: sort of closes out last topic. Uh, well, actually, sort of two things. And that is one, you mentioned uh, everyone sort of got in their mind as to, you know, this thesis about Ethereum or whatever. I'm still not convinced that that's who rules the market. I think it's some dude. Um, you know, some like suburban dad who's put like 10k in a Coinbase thing and is in the line at Chipotle and is like buying and selling, and that was a hobby or something. Or, you know. well,
1: you know the 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 one thing I do have to say is that Ethereum is going up and to the right in like a very like mm-hmm. almost perfectly at 45 degrees, and it's very well correlated with the Ethereum 2.0 launch. Uh, this is like. EIP one one five nine, to get more technical, um, which is now burning Ethereum every time someone transacts. So, like for instance, I just, I just while we're in this call, I, I uh, added some more Luna, UST to a liquidity pool on Uniswap, and that costs me Ethereum. And in in previous in Ethereum one, that Ethereum that I spent would have gone to the miner, the Ethereum miners. And now a portion of the Ethereum is just burnt. And so, you know, deleted um, from the network. So it it goes into non-existence. And so the price has started sort of going up. And I I don't know. I mean, obviously like buy pressure, sell pressure have a big effect. But when the, you know, when the supply is now starting to be deleted every day, and I think there's, there's been, you know, many millions of dollars worth of Ethereum deleted since it launched, um, just about a week ago.
0: Right. Right. And then my last thing and just get, get your take on this. I, I have this, um, you know, there's, there's true visionaries around, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto. There's true visionaries in uh, all things. Um, he, obviously that guy was a true visionary. Um, the guy who created Ethereum. I always forget his name because it's kind of a strange name, but. Um, he uh, he's definitely a, a true visionary. And then the person in terms of go to market and exchange true visionary to me. Um, I mean, I see CZ's genius. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's the same bankman freed kid. And the longer he hangs out in Hong Kong, inaccessible to U.S. users, that's what's killing me. Is that I kind of feel like that that this rally is being stifled by the fact that probably the guy who has the greatest grip on how an exchange should function interoperability between assets reasonable approach to, to leverage and he's a united states citizen we tend to have the most stable financial markets in terms of i mean they go up and down but in terms of you know fraud is rare and that kind of thing um so i kind of feel like that uh um, one of the reasons that bitcoin has not gone to 64k is sam Brinkman fried is hiding out in Hong Kong is that reasonable or
1: no um yeah I I, I here's what I think is happening I think um bitcoin is turning into like the, the the thing for like you know the serious people like like it's gonna it's gonna be like what the bond trader is like right it's like the bitcoin trader and then all the other like ethereum sushi dogecoin whatever it's going to be you know the more retail oriented stuff i mean it really you know on the on the other hand like the number of bitcoin users the number of wallets is just skyrocketing so yeah i don't know i i think that's the hard part with bitcoin is it's just really hard to just try and be like okay it's doing this because of this like um the you know the the adoption in el salvador um goes live this September, they're going to be doing an airdrop to all of their citizens, which will increase the number of Bitcoin users by like 1% overnight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore those little things like that, even though it's like, oh, there's this small number, this small amount of money. Well, it's a huge number of users, you know? So, I mean, it, it it's a, yes, there's so, so many things that could happen if, if SBF could get out of Hong Kong and FTX, the exchange that he runs, could become more widespread and, and more easy to use and have more uh, features unlocked in the United States, uh, I think that would be huge for Bitcoin. Um, but uh, yeah, all I crypto, mean, I just think all a,
0: cryptos to me. Yeah, I mean, I think all crypto. Know,
1: yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 again, that's kind of what you look for if you are buying something with the expectation of future gains, right? Is that it's not. Done that. There's plenty more. Absolutely. Um, to yeah, be no done. One's buying. Yeah. So that yeah, I the mean, last
0: that's... trade on Bitcoin was the last trade on Bitcoin is forty four thousand eight hundred twenty four. The person who bought it at forty four thousand eight hundred twenty four didn't buy it because they think it's going to go to forty four thousand eight hundred twenty four. They bought it because they thought it's going to get to fifty thousand or whatever.
1: Right. 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 And 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 that is that is one in in one way actually that the price explodes upwards or downwards is, is you do have. A lot of day traders that are trying to, you know, go after like those hundred dollar moves. And then whenever somebody comes in, like, you know, whenever Tesla was like buying Bitcoin or whatever, all the day traders probably just got blown up because they were just like, oh, yeah, I got a little short here and it's going to give me a one percent return. Do the like, they do that via
0: Robinhood or something? Because
1: even with CME, if
0: you're doing micro Bitcoin features, they still jack the commission up to be more commiserate with like their Coinbase competitor. To like seven dollars, uh, a lot, um, so it's fourteen dollars a round trip. And so if you're trading, like, you can't the bid to ask spread in micro Bitcoin features is you know three to four hundred dollars apart. Yeah,
1: yeah. People are trading on like Binance and FTX and things like that, where you can get, uh, you know, uh, well, you can't any more, but right, you could get a hundred x leverage. So you could trade uh if you're confident in a one percent move, right? Then there you go.
0: I, I, just guess the, the amount there is, it's just with the, I kept looking at Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, other ways to gain exposure to sushi if Interactive Brokers is not going to, you know, um, come through. And, um,
1: yeah, Coinbase yeah, yeah. To your, your point, crazy the, high. Yeah. The access, just, just the access to trading short term moves is limited. Yes. I, I yeah. completely agree. Like, for instance, no one in DeFi that doesn't have, A hundred million dollars is trying to (laughs) trade swings. And then why would they be trying to trade, uh, those small swings anyways? If they had that much money, they could make so much more money just by being a liquidity provider. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Hal 69K
0: for providing those insights. This has been Footguns Podcast August 17th, 2021. Y'all have a great day. We'll be back later in the week and we'll do this all over again.